0: All right, welcome to the Buckeye Blitz on FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. I'm Jeff Dittall, following the X at It Happens. Um, we have so much to get to today, but also go to FanStreamSports.com. Check us out there. Uh, the app, FanStream Sports app, absolutely free. Download it uh, for Apple and Android, round-the-clock programming. We're adding great new shows all the time to our lineup. You can catch them there. Uh, um, and then uh, also uh, the Facebook, FanStream Sports Facebook page. Go to that as well. You can interact with hosts and other fans. Uh, we're going to start off talking with the High State women's basketball team. They continue to impress. They wrapped up the Big Ten regular season title, uh, knocked off Michigan the other day. Uh, final score there was 67-51. to That's 15 straight wins for the Buckeyes. Uh, They're 25-3 and overall, 16-1 in the Big Ten. The game was actually tied twenty-twenty-two. at that 22-22 at the half, Kevin McGuff and the Buckeyes did what they normally do, which is dominate the third quarter. I think they only outscored uh, three times in the third quarter this year, but they outscored Michigan 27-16 to 16 in the first 10 minutes after the intermission. That was really the difference, and Ohio State went on to roll and get the win. Ohio State, like they always do, the staple of this team. They forced 29 turnovers with that suffocating press, which I call like the 40 minutes of hell defense they play, much like what Arkansas used to do under Nolan Richardson. Uh, J.C. Sheldon scored 22 points for the Buckeyes. Cody McMahon had 18. Celeste Taylor had 12. Uh, Taylor and also uh, Taylor Theory and Ricky Harris each had four steals. Harris's came in just 12 minutes of play. And Ricky Harris has been such a key for this team off the bench. Um, she does not fill up the, stash- the statue. You won't see her having like a 20-point game or a 10-rebound game. But she gets in there and does like things like this. Four steals in 12 minutes against Michigan. And she'll draw charges. She'll make the extra pass ass. She does a fantastic job defensively, brings an energy to this team. She is one of the more important pieces on this team. Um, not always the first person off the bench either, usually the second or third person off the bench, but again, 12 minutes of play is all she had against Michigan picked up four steals in that game. Getting back to Celeste Taylor, um, Taylor, uh, she scored 20 points twice in the last five games prior to that, her season high was 16, but she also has 15 assists and 14 steals in her last three games. She has done a tremendous job all season long, and we knew when she came in, she was going to transfer him to the, uh, from Duke, and she was the defensive stopper. She was defensive player of the year in the ACC last year. So we knew what to expect from that, but offense has started to pick up. And like I say, having 15 assists in the last three games, uh, we know about the 14 steals, but a couple of 20-point games in the last five as well. Very impressive, Celeste Taylor. Huge part of this team is, um, and has gotten more and more important as the season's gone on. Before this, um, Ohio State took care of business against Maryland. They won 79 to 66, and that win ensured Ohio State, when they had that one, of at least a share of the regular season crown. Now they've clinched it and locked up the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. Having the number one seed overall for the tournament for Ohio State is significant from the standpoint of that Ohio State will now avoid having to play Indiana and Iowa um, back-to-back in the tournament. If the if the tournament plays out the way it should, based on the seeding, um, Indiana, Iowa would have to play in the semifinals, and then the winner the next day would play Ohio State in the finals. So oh, that's gonna beat up that team. I don't care if it's Indiana or Iowa, whoever wins that game, they're gonna be, they gotta be fatigued coming in because that'll be three games in three days for them, and a, a, coming off a tough game the night before. Ohio State, in theory, hopefully, uh, should have an easier win, easier path in, and not have to play one of those teams again in the semifinals is significant this Buckeye team. Ohio State seems to have locked off, locked up a um, a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. They should, uh, you know, regardless of what happens against Iowa coming up on Sunday. Um, and saying, you know, as long as they have a, a decent showing in the Big Ten tournament, they should get a number one seed. Uh getting back to the Maryland game, uh, JC Sheldon did have 17. Ohio State led by as much as 15 in that Maryland game back in the third quarter, but the Terps trimmed the deficit to five after three periods. Now, Cody Mann against Maryland. Uh, she had 15 points. She spent a good chunk of time on the bench after picking up her fourth foul in the third quarter. So, what makes that win so impressive? Again, it wasn't the one against Michigan. The one before that against Maryland. What makes that win so impressive? OSU did not have as much success as they're accustomed to with the full court press, um, and that the fact that they had to they had to generate points elsewhere, otherwise. Uh, fast break opportunities, easy baskets elsewhere than just getting steals off of that. But with McMahon's foul issues as well, and they had that diversity in the third quarter, where Maryland cut the deficit to five points, like I said, are all things that will benefit this team as they make a run towards the national championship. Another key, uh, again, Sunday was Ricky Harris, uh, last Sunday, I should say, when they played uh, Maryland. Um, she uh, never double staff sheet, but she did make a couple of big threes and drew a charge against the Terrapins. So this Ohio State team, they're playing Caitlin Clark on Sunday um, in a nationally televised game. And it's a, a significant game be- because one, ESPN's game day is going to be there. It's also going to be Caitlin Clark's um, last regular season Big Ten game. She has a chance to pass Pete Maravich um, for the all-time scoring record. She's going towards that. She has a lot of games left, obviously with Big Ten Tournament, the NCAA Tournament, but she has announced that She is going to forego the potential fifth season of uh, the COVID year she could take and go into the WNBA draft. Now, she could always change her mind, but that's what she is saying right now is that she is going to leave uh, Iowa after this season. So a big game on a lot of levels. Um, Ohio State, like I say, already wrapped up the Big Ten championship, regular season championship. They're outright winners of that. And um, they also have uh, the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. Nonetheless, it'd be nice to get another win for Ohio State. It'll be a fun matchup. Ohio State and Iowa. It's a 1 o'clock Eastern tip-off time on Sunday. Okay, let's talk about the men now. The men's basketball team um, on Sunday, they pulled off a stunner in East Lansing. Dale Bonner uh, drained a three at the buzzer. Buckeyes win 16-57. Uh, Devin Royal came off the bench, score 14 points in that game as well. Uh, interim coach Jake Dealer picked up. It was another significant win for him. because beating Purdue the previous week, uh, there was two big wins in eight days. The win was the first road win for Ohio State in 420 days the men did not want a game um, since January 1st of 2023 so first big road win in 420 first road win in 420 days for Ohio State and their first win in East Lansing since 2012 it shows you how tough it is for them to win there in Izzo's house um, but the Buckeyes did get that win significant as uh, they've beaten Purdue now and they're ranked two in the country and at Michigan State sandwich and there was a, a bad loss uh, to Minnesota but nonetheless um the Buckeyes followed that up with a win over Nebraska, and 79-68 uh, Now, Ohio State is now 17-12 overall, 7-11 uh, in the Big Ten. They host Michigan before traveling to Rutgers to close out the season. Let's talk about the game first against Nebraska uh, before we talk about the implications of what could happen after that. First, the Buckeyes did not have their leading score um, for this game. Bruce Thornton was not available. Big- due to a migraine as uh, the first game he's not started since he got on campus 63 games ago uh, Thornton uh, was leading the team in scoring with 16.2 points 4.2 assists leading that and also leading with 1.2 steals so a big loss for Ohio State going into that game Jameson Battle played a huge game for Ohio State he scored a season high 32 uh, Roddy Gale had 16 points also 10 rebounds which is great for him and um, Battle really did some damage at the end of the first half um when he scored uh he scored the Ohio State a nine-zero run to end that half um he scored six of those the Buckeyes took a 39-35 lead um the, when they took that lead that was the last time that was the they led for good after that I should say that that's the way it works it's um uh Nebraska did cut it close though they got to within two points uh, r- around the four minute timeout. they got to within two points but um this is where Ohio State normally would fold I think this season and probably even last season under Chris Holman they uh, they didn't make adjustments well down the stretch um, and in this game they did they had a 90 run and uh, took a 77 to 67 lead with just about 90 seconds left. So they pulled away in this game in a game where they normally would lose or, or you know, give away the lead like that battle was nine of 18. And uh, from on field goals, 10 of 10 from the free throw line. So, and the Buckeyes, again, by the way, they had a huge advantage in the free throw line. They had 28 attempts. Uh, Nebraska just had eight. Buckeyes are 24 of 28. So <clears throat> now the Buckeyes have something they, that we're not used to them having uh, in the last couple of years under Holton. They've got momentum. And that's fun to watch under Jake Diebler, um, you know, uh, the interim coach. You remember when Ohio State beat Purdue? Matt Painter said, uh, "The head coach for Purdue said it would have been the same if Holtman was here. He's wrong." Izzo was talking about how um, he disappointed was that Ohio State um, cut ties with Holtman when they did. He's also wrong. Holtman in this squad would have lost all three of those games: Purdue, um, at Michigan State, and Nebraska. I think that Holtman's squad, and I love Chris Holtman, but against in, in close games or in games against, you know, like the Purdue game was tough. The Michigan State game, Ohio State had to rally there. Nebraska had to hold on to lead. Those are things that Holtman's team had not done the last couple of years with any kind of consistency. Jake Diebler is—he's coaching for this job. Like I said, they're seventeen and twelve right now with a couple more wins. They so win these last two. Host Michigan at Rutgers, both very winnable games for Ohio State. At Rutgers will be tough, but a winnable game. They get to nineteen to twelve. A couple of wins in the Big Ten tournament, maybe get to twenty-one to twelve and then lose, get to twenty-one to thirteen. Who knows? Or if they get 22 wins is there a chance ohio state gets to the ncaa tournament being on that kind of a run and you know that's where i think jake diebler is that's why i say he's coaching for his job i don't expect him to be the head coach of this team but you have to start looking at well let's see since he's been there they've shown more energy in three of the four games um they've been able to come back but been able to hold leads overcome adversity <clears throat> Overcome adversity in ways they hadn't in previous the previous six weeks, eight weeks under Chris Holtman. So big win for Ohio State, big few wins for Ohio State. We'll see what happens. Like I say, host Michigan at Rutgers, then the Big Ten tournament. And Ohio State has right now got momentum, which is something we don't usually have in January and February when Chris Holtman's here. So congrats to uh, Jake Debo so far for what he's doing. All right, one more thing, college football. Um, you know, We got the 12-team playoff coming they're already talking about changing the playoff uh for college football and the most recent proposal has a 14 team playoff and they're calling it a 33221 model what that means is they're talking about three automatic berths for Big 10 teams three automatic berths for SEC teams two for ACC two for Big 12 and then one for Group of 5 so that right there adds up to 11 spots and then three spots for wild cards with one being to Notre Dame if they're ranked in the top 14. Um, So uh, this is the Big 10 and SEC. I I think they're trying to flex their muscle a little bit. And I think the other conferences, the ACC and Big 12, the the little little two of the four conferences, I guess I would say, uh, that's their way of trying to hang on to getting, uh, hang on with the Big 10 and SEC to kind of ride that coattail and also to get multiple berths for themselves, to guarantee that. Because there's a real chance if you don't have something built in the SEC and Big Ten will dominate. Even in this case, if Notre Dame has a down year, those three wild cards could go to Big Ten and SEC, which would be nine of the 14 teams would be from those two conferences. The best way for the ACC and Big 12 to remain relevant in football and relevant in the playoff talk is to have guarantees for at least for multiple teams for each of them. And it's it's got some, look, There's some there may be some language you have to change. Like if someone's got four losses, they can't get in in the big 12 or ACC you could have that with the, the second team in the big 12 or ACC could be a very mediocre team that gets in over a really good big 10 or SEC team but it's still discussion phases uh they want to get it figured out uh, sometime by mid-March we'll see what they do there but this is something I think the big 10 and SEC would be fine with guaranteeing three with as many as six berths available um to each conference depending on how the wild card and how Notre Dame plays out but uh it's called a three three two two one model within the three wild cards. So we'll keep an eye on that. There's so much money to be made in this thing. It's funny. They haven't played the first 12 teamer yet, and they're already talking about what a 14 team would look like. All right. That's it for me. Thanks so much for tuning in here. Again, follow me on the X at that happens fantasy sports pop by DSP media. Download the app. It's free for Apple and Android users. We've got great sports programming around the clock, more and more shows being added all the time. And we will talk again soon. Have a great day.